Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of The ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. As you probably are well aware of, the Olympics is in full swing. Um, basketball is is my main focus during these Olympic Games, even though there's a lot of tremendous athletes in, in many different sports. But today's guest is someone that, uh, oddly enough, reconnecting after about 20 years ago, I first ran across uh, today's guest uh, competing against him in Beijing at the World University Games. I was playing for Team USA at the time. He was playing for the Iranian national team. He's uh, been a national coach for that program for a number of years. Currently a coach in China, Coach Mo Abedini. Mo, appreciate you joining. It's been been about, like I said, 20 years since uh, our paths have crossed. Um, What a world that we live in that basketball can kind of be a common thread for two people completely in different parts of the world. Dan, thank you for having me. Uh, I want to say right now I'm in Beijing and all those memories just from 20 years ago that I remember we just played against each other. And um, Dan Dico, for me back then, it was like I was following all you guys that uh, I remember you. I remember Juan Dixon from that team. I remember two big names from the women's basketball i think carl lawson was with the usa team back then and there was one uh other player ayana walker or something she was like i think the best player back then so these names always like everywhere i go so i talk about like i play against the usa in 2001 and this like for me it's like uh something that i'm gonna take to my graves just like the one of the best memory of all time thank you for having me Absolutely. It sounds like you've got uh, a tremendous amount of uh, appreciation of, of representing your country, uh, not only you know as a coach, but as a player during those World University Games. I still look back fondly at those memories and, and proud moments playing for my country. Um, but it, that's a different style of basketball for someone like myself who grew up in the U.S. Um, the style of FIBA basketball is much different. How would you describe FIBA basketball um, for someone who's not 100% used to watching it? Because um, where, where, where you learn the game, it's much different than where I learn the game. So let me uh, just make a quiz. Just like uh, back then, it was different, totally different things. Like it was like a big, big gap between what happens like in USA and especially what happens in the rest of the world. But even back then, if you remember, like... I remember like you guys played China and China make it to the finals and Serbia beat China back then in the finals. So you see what, and Yao Ming was, was on that team. 
Wang Gigi, another former NBA player, was on that team. So as you see, like, a, but it was a big, big gap. Like, I remember playing against you guys. It was a different style of basketball. Even we try like, to go and watch how you guys practice or something. But right now, it's just different work. Right now, I think the gap is getting, like, uh, really close and closer. Just, like, uh, something happening, especially after, like, all this um, uh, social media thing and everything. You can see how the other teams around the world practices, how they go through, like, the basketball. Uh, I, can, I can say, like, I don't know if you have any. I don't have any footage of that games. But right now, you can easily find any footage of any game that you want to see all around the Olympics or none. So that gives a lot of ideas to new people, new coaches to just go through something else. Right now, I can say like the USA basketball is still the top, like always in the world. But the other teams are catching up, as you see, like in the Olympic team. They're catching up and got to thank to the, all the coaches and all the players who've been to the like this experience playing against you, USA or go play in college, NBA level, and they actually get a glimpse of it, how it works. They bring it back to their country and start working on it. And that's it. You can see like in the Olympics, you can see a game like uh, France and USA and France get, uh, you got like I don't know, six NBA players and they beat USA. I, was, I wasn't even surprised by that. But um, I got to say the gap is like, getting like really smaller and smaller yeah it, it has definitely gotten smaller and I love how you put that where American players and coaches have been open to sharing uh their knowledge of the game and other countries have been receptive to it but then you know the the technology of social media has allowed influences to go both ways because um I coach my son's and they play more of a of a European style offense that I've implemented with them at a young age, um, because I think it, it's a it's a fun brand of basketball to play with everybody sharing the ball, lots of spacing, uh, emphasis on skill as opposed to individual play. When you grew up in Iran, uh, give give me the kind of process for a young player like yourself who would have kind of become a standout and been able to represent the national team. How did your development happen and how would you have been recognized to be a part of the national program? Okay. So the, back then, as remember, like it was like uh, basketball still is not like a big thing in my country. It's like, we got soccer, we got volleyball and some of the stuff that happening and basketball back then it was like really few people who just play basketball in my country. I remember just, uh, having like one poster Michael Jordan was the something that everybody was looking up in the world and I think Michael Jordan was the guy who just get the basketball globally real like the fame and the recognition that everybody got that and, and we start just playing some um, playing in the parks trying to find some places that we can just even finding a basketball was like not easy back then but right now it's a different story so uh, it was some like few academies or something that you can go i was lucky enough to find one of the best worked with some of the back then national team uh, basketball players i started working with them they give me some info they give me some good ideas and some good drills so i make it like to the junior level and blah blah, blah. i just went into like university level and uh in 2001 actually i was in a camp just be just before that games that we played against i was in camp with national team and we had like the one and only, there was only one American coach, uh, the guy, Gary Limon guy. 
I don't think anybody knows him, but um, if he is alive and he can ever just hear me out, just guys say I want to thank him because he just taught me a lot. He was the only American coach ever to work in my country. And that was it. So, but after then, right, like after like 2006 or seven, everything changed in my country. They start new programs, big names come up. Even we had like one NBA player, Hamid Haddadi. We had another guy like Kazemi who just made to the draft and some of the things like that. And everything just turned around. And around right now, at least in Asia, is a big name in basketball. Yeah, it's interesting how a lot of uh, countries who are, are just becoming uh, more interested in, in basketball, you need one or two players uh, to kind of break through and kind of, you know, set the standard or, or be kind of a role model for young kids. Um, would it be Kazemi, as you mentioned, I know I live in the Pacific Northwest. I believe he went to the University of Oregon. Would he be that kind of young up and coming guy that young players would look forward to? Uh, from watching him and, and using him as a as a guide? Of course, uh, we got like few of those. First, you got to start like with Hamed Tadadi, like the big name in ba- bas- FIBA basketball even. And he played like few years like in Memphis Grizzlies and, and just Phoenix Suns. After that, he played China. He's like a internationally really big and he's like a big motivation for everybody. And after that, Arsalan Kazemi definitely is someone in my country, a lot of young kids just follow, following him. And he just gave him a lot of motivation to be the next Arsalan Kazemi, try to play like in college, try to play in NBA. And the names, as you mentioned, they really help with the new generation to have someone to look up to and try to make it like a, be on the big stages and play like bigger and bigger. So as a, as a young player now, you, have, you would have the opportunity and the advantage of technology, social media, uh, internet, to be able to watch guys play basketball throughout the world. What are, what are your first memories of watching basketball um, from, from the States? Would it have been Michael Jordan with an occasional game? Or where did you first kind of fall in love with, with the game and, and be able to watch guys? Uh, okay, I had like a friend, a guy who just shine faced the guys like in Canada. Now he was the first guy that ever told me what a basketball is. And I remember he gave me a, a, back then a VHS tape, if you remember. Uh, it was the Motor City Madness, the Detroit 88, that 89, like the that team with Chuck Daly, Joe yeah. Dumas. So it was, so I watched watch that thing like, a thousand times, something like that, like maybe two times a day here. And I watched it on Star Ivan. So I, that was the first thing that just got me. And uh, I heard Michael Jordan name over there for the first time. It was some footage of he goes against Detroit and that shot against Craig Elo and everything that him, Charles Barkley was there and a lot of Dennis Rodman was there, uh, Isaiah Thomas. And I get to some kind of like starting recognizing some of these players from it was like some kind of like fantasy work for us because there was no social media or something so you just see a video and just want to see who these guys are or what they're doing or how's their life or something but it was like really far far you know for, for you to be like a basketball or basketball star or something nobody knows anything about it so we had like few friends that we could talk about it and start like watching and after that i remember some of the other VHS videos that just get into my country. And one of them that I really liked was like a 
93's finals, Phoenix versus Chicago Bulls. I just, uh, I was going to say that, like, I still got, like, the basketball to me. It's like Marv Albert voice. And uh, it was <laughs> so easy. Like, I remember those guys. I remember the voice on VHS with Marv Albert over there. And I think Mike Fratello was, like, uh, the analytic commentator. And everything just go through my mind. Still got it with, my, with me, like, if I want to think basketball, that's the picture of basketball that I have. And so it happens. So I'll start like falling in love with the game, like every other kid, try like playing on the streets or find some way to you know, get better and better. And as I say, it was really hard back then. Right now you push one button, go to Instagram, you got like a thousand like pages or something that you can see their drills or something. You can just copy. And then, But back then it was like hard. One guy knows something and he just... Got to share it with a thousand how to shoot the basketball. You got to go through it yourself. Watch like Michael Jordan shoot the ball a thousand times. As, as you remember, like in around 90s and 20, 2000, it was everybody shoot the same. That Michael Jordan shot, even the Michael Jordan walk, everybody try to get that. But right now it's different stories. So you see different style of basketball. And that's, I think, for the something else that we talked about. Yeah. Now, USA has been the gold standard for basketball, you know, pretty much for as long as we both can remember. In in FIBA, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of broken into to sections across the world. You guys, I believe, are in the, the Asia uh, bracket to, to, to qualify for the Olympics. Who would be kind of your main, uh, you know, the, the main opponent that you guys are trying to reach their level of so that you guys can can consistently qualify for the Olympics moving forward? So it's like the second time we're in the Olympic 2008 and we were in the Olympic as well, but uh, mainly it goes right now is between us, China, Japan, and uh, we can say Korea like and Philippines. That's top five. We got a lot of good teams, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan. I got have respect for all of them. But like last three, four years, we had Australia and New Zealand added to Asia uh, zone. So they played. But for Olympic qualification, I guess they're not like in the zone. So it goes between us, China, uh, Japan, and Philippines and Korea. That's the main fight that we have like between these top fives, mostly for the getting to the Olympics. It's easier with the World Cup because you get like to have five or six teams but in for olympics only one going to be over there uh, of, of course like japan is over there because they're the host but uh, we gave like into 2019 i was there so we qualified i was there i was with the team as assistant coach and i remember in beijing we beat angola and then we beat like philippines by 20 plus gap something so and nigeria at the same time beat china so we made it to the Olympic and one of the best memories of my, my life was being on that game. And after that, you know, we were so happy to make it to the Olympic and it's really big. And hopefully we're going to do it again, maybe in years to come. So you've had a chance to to play for your national team. Uh, you've also coached on different occasions for your national team. Which one were you more nervous doing? Oh, I played briefly for a national team. So most of my experience, because I started coaching at 25, so I was really young. It's like 15 years I'm coaching now. So more of a coaching experience than the um, playing. But I got to say, uh, <laughs> you play basketball a lot. You play at the highest level. I know I follow you for, from your world and your basketball. I got to say, 
definitely coaching is a different things because at least when you play, you got something, you got to, when you get on the floor, it's some kind of release, you know, you just go out there. You, you had all the stress that you have when you're on the floor, they're gone. When you got the ball, you just feel it. You can do something. You can just, but very on side, you just want to just go there and do something, but you can't just got to be cool and try to help everybody else. And it's really tough, really tough. And at the end of the day, like, just look at it, like, one of the best coaches of all times, definitely Craig Popovich. I have a lot of respect for the guy. And even he can be like, get a lot of criticism after he lost just one game, you know? And everybody, like, people with all respect to all those, like, people who's just watching or something from the USA or any other country, they can easily judge one person, one coach with all this experience and, you know, the past and everything with one game that just changed the coach or, get another coach uh and there's like a saying in my country you know when you lose and you have like a national team coach from like iran or something they say okay bring another guy foreign guy they know more or something and i was making a joke same joke with the usa okay it's time to bring another foreigner coach so he, he can lead the usa team to gold medal uh, this is a joke because like yeah. if you name like top five coaches of all sports even you can go at least one or two USA basketball coaches, including Chuck Daly, Kirk Popovich, uh, a lot of guys like this, that they're the best coach in the world. And this is funny that somebody says, uh, you know, bring another guy for Popovich. Um, I'm like, this is not good. That's that's the level of stress and that's the level of, you know, uh, tough this, this job is that you can even be coach pop and you get all this criticism after just one game that you played against France and a real good team like France and you lost. Well, it shows you the level of passion that a lot of people have for sports in, in their respective countries. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about sports uh, so much is that it can bring uh, people from different backgrounds and different countries together. And you kind of forget about some of the philosophical or political differences. You know, 20 years or so ago, we met for the first time playing against each other. Uh, and then a couple of your teammates uh, hung out with a couple of my teammates for Team USA. And we just talked about life. And that's one of the beautiful things about sports. And I don't want to get kind of in a political or philosophy talk with you. But uh, I just wanted to share that, you know, that is one of the powerful and beautiful things about sports. Um, from your perspective, what are your thoughts on, on the beauty of sports of bringing cultures together? Uh just this happening, that's the first thing I can say. But uh, let me just go with like further than that. I have like the honor and I have like I was lucky enough to um, as a coach and as a player play with or work with a lot of American players that maybe, you know, some of them at least like uh, one of the guys that you might know, Joseph Forte from it was uh, from our time. He was like a big, big time like college player and. He played like NBA and he played in our country. There's a lot of names I can say, like them, Jackson Bruman, uh, a lot of names. Uh, even Smoosh Parker played briefly for us. And you see this, like all friendship. I, I'm still within, in touch with a lot of those guys. Dominic Jones, the guy from NBA and in China, he's one of my closest friends. And there's a lot of guys. And this is like, we never talk about where you're from or nothing. We just talk basketball. We just talk do you know this guy? Do you remember this guy playing college? Hey, what college you play? And that was the fun part, you know, nothing politics. Uh, 
I'm not a politician. I don't know nothing about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just a sport guy, and I'm happy to have, I don't know, maybe thousands of friends around the world, and all because of basketball. And we just talk basketball. We never talk anything else. We don't care. Just nobody asks me. Everybody knows where I'm from, and nobody asks me that question. Anybody asks me where you work or uh, how to make like this drill better or what your thoughts on like Lithuania team or USA team, something like that. And that's the best part of it. We got uh, like a topic that we can always talk on and we have uh, each of us have our own take from it and we can share. And that's, that's the beauty, but you don't have to talk anything else but basketball. And that's how sports just brings guys together without just, you don't have to even know each other because the terms, the names are familiar. You know, you don't have to just be 10, 10 years together to know that, you know, me and you can talk about Juan Dixon for you, you played with on that team. And I remember him as a, maybe one of the best players that I've ever played against, like in person, it was Dixon. And I, I know that he's just coaching some academy right now. I was like two, three years ago, I just checked him on Instagram. And that's, that's what I like about this game. And that's what I like about sports. I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly. Talk basketball. I mean, I, I 100% agree with that, and I love that, and I love talking basketball uh, with with close friends of mine as well as reconnecting with people who my path has crossed, such as yourself. But um, last question, Coach, before I let you go. Um, you've played, you've coached for the national team. You're currently coaching in China. Um, what are your big aspirations for you in your coaching career, but then also for the Iranian national basketball program? Well, let me say I coach right now with Falcons basketball, Beijing. And um, when I started coaching, there was only one thing in my mind. There was like a back then when, when I played actually, so coaches were like really limited because of the, all the situation. So I try to be that coach who can help the other kids get where I always dreamed of. So if I can make like that dream come true, like I always had a dream playing like in USA, playing some college ball, playing some NBA. So it wasn't happening, but I tried to get somebody else do the same thing. Cause I know we got some potential potential that can do that. Some talents that can get there, can play ball in college, can play plays even at the NBA level. So that's the thing that I'm looking for. And I'm pretty sure a lot of coaches, uh, try to do that in my country and I'm happy that I have a lot of I don't consider myself a young coach I'm like 40 years old so I don't consider myself a young coach and with 15 years of uh, experience of coaching so there's a lot of young coaches just talk talk to me from my country they want to know how to do it and how to just get the be the next coach that can help these kids and that's the good thing for me I've uh, listened to all of them and yeah, I think especially as I told you, we got like YouTube, we got all this thing, we got all this social medias, we can connect to people and share basketball thoughts. And that's the thing, like, uh, I think um, if it would be like a little bit better, if we can make like more, uh, how, how am I put this like the right way, just like we have more connections so we can like, just like uh, play more globally and that would be cool. Like we have the chance to have more kids from our country to play in like USA. That would be great. And have more coaches from my country to get the experience. We have a few coaches that like they're American, Iranian or something that coaching college basketball or that level. And 
my dream was like at least one time I could like coach some college basketball that would be like perfect <laughs> that would be like the ideal the ideal for me is like coaching at any level some college NCAA whatever level one two three uh, whatever I can coach there so I think that would be fine for me at least that's that's me I don't know just ask the other coaches from the country for theirs but for me it's like coaching some NCAA level that's awesome you know spoken like a true coach wanting to help the next uh, group of young players maximize their talent and take advantage of opportunities. So, uh, Coach Mo, I appreciate the time. Um, uh, enjoy watching the rest of, of the Olympics, uh, whether you're, you're watching your uh, national team, whether you're watching Team USA or Rui Hachimura with Japan or Luka Doncic. There's a lot of good teams and a lot of good players to watch right now. So thanks again for joining Thank you, Dan. Have a good one. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.